good day. My name is Sky, and I appreciate you spending some study time with me. I'm here to help you make money in online poker by teaching you key strategies and getting you to take action. You're in for a great episode today, but before we get to that, I want to say happy early 4th of July, everybody. Or should I say happy 4th of July time? Yep, lifetime membership to thepokerforge.com will never be lower than it is right now for the 4th of July lifetime sale from now until the 5th of July. This is the cheapest that PokerForge lifetime membership will ever be because the monthly membership is increasing to $69 per month as soon as the sale ends. So with monthly membership increasing, lifetime will also increase. That is if I ever decide to offer a lifetime membership again. So join thepokerforge.com with a lifetime membership right now before prices go up next week. Well, let's get to the poker strategy. Now, this episode, it's a replay of the most popular, the most downloaded episode from 2022 um, from March 7th of that year. This is Bread and Butter Poker, the number one strategy for increased poker profits. Now, this is a great episode. You're going to love it. I discuss everything about bread and, po- bread and butter poker, how to put yourself in more bread and butter spots. So you've got to listen to it. But I also want you to go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 381. And a couple reasons to go there. First off, basically a transcript of the episode, so the show notes page will help you take notes. But below this first episode on the page, there's actually two more episodes that help you dive even further into your database to analyze your bread and butter and non-bread and butter spots. And the second episode down there helps you use bread and butter strategies against the fish. So three episodes on this one show notes page. You cannot miss it. Go to smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 381 to get all this great bread and butter info. Okay, without further ado, let's do this gambate. Bob, in all my years of calling games, I don't think I've ever been this excited. You're excited? Feel these nipples. So bread and butter poker is one of the things I learned from Tommy Angelo's book, Elements of Poker. And if you haven't read this one yet... I don't know what you're waiting for. I highly, highly recommend it. It has tons of good strategy, and not just like good poker strategy, but also life strategy stuff, as well as some good mindset information as well. Now, as Tommy Angelo explains it, there are three parts to bread and butter poker. Part one is you are the pre-flop raiser. Now, this means you have the flop initiative, and you can make a c-bet. This also means that you have the best starting hands in your range, and those players that called you, they don't have them. The second part of bread and butter is that you are in position on the flop. Position gives you more information to base your decisions on through the streets. Plus, you can pot control by checking behind, or you can make sure money goes into the pot on every street if you want. And part three of bread and butter poker is that you're facing one or two opponents. The less opponents there are, the easier it is to get value or bluff them off their hand. Many weak players who like to call, they see multi-way pots, and that makes those multi-way pots harder to win. And like I mentioned earlier, bread and butter poker applies to any form of hold'em. Sit and goes, MTTs, cash games, home games, live or online games as well. Even the tiniest micro stakes up to the biggest stakes available. Now, the most profitable poker players, they hunt for bread and butter situations. And let me tell you one super important thing about this. You cannot hunt, nor can you even stumble into a bread and butter situation if you are calling. 
Nope. You have to leave your calling ways behind and become more of an open razor, uh, an isolation razor, or even a three-better pre-flop. And when I say leave your calling ways behind, that includes limping and over-limping as well. One critical aspect of hunting for bread and butter is that you're not creating multi-way pots by passively building the pots, which gives other players yet to act better odds on joining joining the hand. And just think about that for a second. Your call builds the pot and gives better pot odds to everybody remaining in the hand. Sometimes those loose aggressive players, they take the opportunity to make a three bet squeeze right over a few callers. But most other players are going to take the opportunity instead to just call and see that flop in a larger pot. This makes for those multi-way hands where it's often very difficult to win unless you hit something really strong or a really good draw on the flop. So let's equip you to head out into the field and hunt some bread and butter. There are three things that you need to incorporate into your game and into your mindset to become a more profitable poker player. Let's get to those right now. Thing number one that you need to incorporate is to play with a bread and butter mindset. I talk about playing focus sessions where you might be working on one specific strategy at a time. This week, all of your sessions are devoted to making good C-bets, or maybe continuing uh, more often versus C-bets, or bluff 3-betting your opponents as often as possible. You want to focus on one strategy at a time, because that's what's really going to ingrain it within your skill set. But, it would not be a mistake if you spent every session you play from now on with the sole focus of putting yourself into as many bread and butter situations as possible. It would be like a car salesman. Maybe they know the type of walk-up customer that's most likely to buy a car, and they're always on the lookout for them. So let's just assume it's a man with a nice polo shirt, wearing some slacks, maybe he has an expensive pair of sunglasses on, and his hair is neatly trimmed, right? If the car salesman looks out at the parking lot, and he sees a man that looks like this, and three cars down from this person, there's a shabby-dressed teenager... It would be a mistake to approach the shabby-dressed teenager before that put-together guy. This exact same thing holds true for you on the felt. It would be a mistake for you to do more calling than raising. It would also be a mistake for you to defend your blinds more often than you open-raise from the cutoff and the button. It would be another mistake for you to overcall or over-limp into a pot instead of 3-betting or ISO-raising. With that bread and butter mindset, you are constantly searching for and putting yourself in the most profitable situation, which, once again, it's in position on the flop as the pre-flop raiser and against one or two other players. Alright, so the second thing you need to incorporate into your game is to be an aggressive raiser, not a passive caller. I want you to have the attitude of, if it's not worth raising, it's not worth playing. Now, that doesn't mean a hand is never worth calling preflop, but it does mean you're always on the lookout for opportunities to raise. And for some of you, utilizing ranges that limit your calls and that require you to open raise or isolate or three bet more often, that's a great way to do this, right? You can use my KISS cash game ranges from my book Preflop Online Poker, or you can find uh, ranges from other people or even develop some of your own ranges. You want your ranges to have you open raising and isolating more from the cutoff and the button than any other position. 
from the MP and earlier, you want to stay nice and tight because the more you open from those positions, you just um, open yourself up to a lot of in-position callers as well as a lot of three-betters. And you also want to start three-betting more frequently in the cutoff in the button, especially against some of those aggressive open raisers. If somebody open raises 25% of the time in the EP, their range is too wide to be profitable when facing three bets. So you should be three betting them and putting yourself in a bread and butter spot should they choose to call. And if they fold a ton instead of calling, that's great. You're going to be picking up that quick and easy four big blinds or more with your three bets. And if they don't fold a lot versus three bets, look for a high fold to C bet on the flop or possibly the turn. Preferably at something like 60% or more. The other important thing about getting in more bread and butter is to limit your calling, especially out of the blinds. Keep those calling ranges extremely tight. And if you choose to call, do it with hands that are ahead of the majority of their raising range. So it's okay to call with ace-10 versus a player who open raises every ace, but it's not okay to call with ace-8 offsuit if they only raise with ace-10 or better. And please keep in mind that when you call in the blinds, you are giving your opponent a bread and butter situation. If you always remember this, you'll find yourself folding more often in the blinds, and that's a great thing, because giving your opponent bread and butter is the same as handing them your chips. I just want to break in here real quick to do one final reminder in this episode about the 4th of July lifetime sale at thepokerforge.com. Like I said at the start of this episode, the price will never be lower than this because at the end of the sale, monthly membership is increasing from $59 to $69. So if I ever offer a lifetime again, of course, it's going to be more than this price today. So go to thepokerforge.com right now. Join the PokerForge, the number one online Micro 6 cash game training site. You can get a lifetime membership before prices go up next week. All right, the third thing you need to incorporate into your game is great bet sizing. So you can't control your opponent's actions, but you can influence their decisions with good bet sizing that pushes them toward the action you want them to take. Aggressive three bettors, they make more three bets versus the two big blind open raises than against a four big blind open raise. So if you want to dissuade them from three betting you, size your open raise closer to four big blinds. And most of the time with open raises, you want to either get everyone to fold or one of the out of position blinds to call. Even if you have pocket aces, if everyone folds, hey, at least you won the pot, right? If only one or both blinds call, you've put yourself into a bread and butter situation and, you know, with pocket aces in this instance. After open raising, the problem comes when, when you're facing those three bets or when a late position player calls, which takes away your position and it makes it more likely the pot goes multi-way to the flop. Sure, maybe you have pocket aces, but against three or more players, you've got tons of landmines to dodge. So make your open raises large enough to get only the blinds to call and to dissuade those three betters. This same rationale holds true when you're isolating limpers. So they limped into the pot, which makes them a weak player. If you've got a hand you want to play heads up against them, ISO raise to a size that will dissuade the rest of the players from calling and from three betting. 
And I've been recommending six big blinds plus one per limper to accomplish this. And let me tell you, I love making it nine big blinds against two limpers with a hand like ace 10 suited, right? I know that the person who calls this large size after limping, he's got to be one of the weakest players at the table. And my ace 10 suited has great equity against their very weak limp and then calling range. Now, when it comes to three bet sizing, always go nine big blinds or greater at a minimum when you're in position and 10 to 12 big blinds um, at a minimum when out of position. You need to make it enough to get everyone to fold or just one player to call. If you make it, for example, um, six big blinds over a min open raise, you've just made it very tempting for those flop-loving fish to call. Your three-betting hand just built a huge multi-way pot, and that's not bread and butter, especially if somebody called you with position. Challenge! Here's my challenge to you for this episode. Use the strategies that you learned today and strive to put yourself into 100 bread and butter spots this week. I want you to track this in your poker journal. You know that one that I had you whip out at the beginning of the episode to take notes through the episode? Well, select a fresh page in the journal and at the very top, write these words. I will get bread and butter 100 times this week. And include the dates, right? Now, for every bread and butter spot that you put yourself in, make a little tick mark, you know, one, two, three, four, and then cross mark five or however you do it. Uh, Track it for every session this week and then total it up at the end. And then in next week's episode, I'm going to help you dive into your database to see how profitable this week of bread and butter was. Now it's your turn to take action and do something positive for your poker game. Oh, that's it now. Get out there and be somebody. <laughs>